Is your destiny a matter of choice or chance or simply circumstance? Well, in this episode, I'm going to prove that all matter, but choice stands above all. If you're an entrepreneur and you identify a North Star that lights a path of opportunity, the question is, are you willing to take risks, get messy, and work harder than hard? If you do, then you have a shot at dreaming and doing. Hi, I'm Tony Chapman, the host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. What you're about to hear is a true story of breaking barriers to realize one's destiny. I need you to do me a favor. Travel back with me in time. We're going to go to the country Oman and imagine being a 17-year-old teenager, a young woman, living by the norms and nuances of your culture and looking at a defined path in life a Middle Eastern woman is expected to follow. But at 17, you choose a different path. You choose to come to Canada. So what happens next? Join me today as Fatima Zaidi, that young woman, 14 years later, is the co-founder and CEO of Quell. Fatima, welcome. Thank you so much, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to get to your business later, but a 17-year-old making a a life-changing decision to leave everything you know to come to Canada. What was your motivation? Yeah, it really was a big decision. You know, I was born and raised in Oman to Pakistani parents who really invested their life savings into giving my sister and I a world-class education. And I felt really lucky for my diverse cultural background. And so in 2007, I chose Canada because I believed then and still do that it's one of the few countries where individuals like myself would be rewarded for their hard work and merit, regardless of gender, class, and background. Fatima, that takes a lot of courage to choose that path, but you're also carrying with you the culture and norms of of being a Middle Eastern woman and, and a defined path. You break free from it. Why? You know, I think education was always really important for my family. They came from humble beginnings. My mom didn't even get the opportunity to finish high school. And by the time she had my sister, it was the same age that I had decided to leave for Canada. Generationally, there was a disconnect. Even though I was moving away to pursue a career, I think it was understood that I was supposed to probably marry that banker, that doctor, that CEO. Well, I was pretty defiant when it came to expectations and traditions, always have been. Not only did I become an entrepreneur, which is a very foreign concept where I come from, but I ended up becoming the CEO that my mom always wanted me to marry. You become the CEO your mother wanted you to marry. What an inspiring story for anybody listening. I want to get to Quill now. You're in the podcasting space, crowded field, competing for attention in this age of noise, What makes Quill unique? I truly do believe that just like you had a phone number for your business in the 1980s, a website in the 1990s, and social media and an app in the 2000s, I predict that in the next five to 10 years, companies and individuals will either have their own podcast or be advertising on them. Much like entrepreneurship and entering to the startup world, I find that the barriers to starting a podcast are quite low. However, the resources and support available to podcasters are quite scattered and limited. And because of this, we found that many podcast hosts will launch enthusiastically with a great idea, but soon over get overwhelmed with the technical aspects of production and post-production. And that's where Quill comes in. We make entry into podcasting more streamlined and have become the go-to platform and company to help throughout a podcaster's journey. Fatima, that's a great description. 
But in my research on you, you often talk about having a North Star, a higher purpose. So full service podcast production is wonderful, but what else drives you? In terms of my personal North Star and guiding principle, it's always that you can have it all. Despite what everyone says, you can make your own rules and aren't afraid of putting in the hard work necessary to make your way towards your goals. So we have a great description of your business, but a great idea and higher purposes are two ingredients. But the third where many entrepreneurs fail is execution. And you're coming at this with a new idea and it needs capital. Has it been difficult for Quill to raise the capital that you believe your idea deserves? Definitely, it has been difficult. I think for starters, it is a very new industry. And so you're trying to convince people that not only is it a business worth investing in, but that podcasting is is here to stay. But, you know, in addition to that, it's launching a company right before the pandemic is always going to come with the ebbs and flows of the pre-existing issues that you have when raising capital. And so it has been really challenging to get access to capital. But what we've learned is it hasn't been necessary. We are living proof of the fact that you can actually bootstrap your business and be successful while doing it. So what do you do? We were running out of runway and we weren't quite sure what we were going to do, especially when our investors pulled up. We got creative. We decided to double down, provide services to brands and funnel that money down to the product side. And that way we didn't actually have to go out and raise outside investment. And I didn't have to give away a whole chunk of my business. What you're listening to is the signature DNA of an entrepreneur. The walls are closing in, they can't get the capital, they're running out of runway. Do they quit? No, she finds a new place to soar. The more I read about you, and you're a young woman, the more I realized you could have been an expert on the podcast. You know so much about personal branding, marketing, and selling. So if you put your expert hat on for a moment, and the first thing I want you to talk to me about is sales. Why is sales so important? To be honest, I think that being in sales is always been an emotional roller coaster, especially as an entrepreneur. There are days where you feel like you're on top of the world and days where you hit rock bottom and you're convinced that you're not going to succeed. And I think after the constant grind, the door is slammed in your face and the nose you get on a daily basis. Oftentimes people struggle from a fear of rejection and the inability to keep putting themselves back out there after they hit a roadblock. It can become a pretty hard pattern to break, so you end up missing new opportunities. And I find that good salespeople never fear rejection and never take it personally. When I'm looking for a salesperson for my small business, or really any employee during the early stages of my company, I always look for people who emulate the rock star salespeople personalities, which is true grit, hustle, and resilience. I find that those traits matter much more than the fancy resume with bells and whistles, and it's truly prepared me for the entrepreneurial journey. When I listen to Futima, it reminds me of the musician standing on the street corner. Maybe they only know three chords in the guitar, but they put a hat out and they start playing. And before you know it, those three chords become five chords, start playing songs, they test out their voice, and they're on the way to stardom. Fatima, the next thing I want to ask you about is branding. Tell me why it's so important that an entrepreneur thinks about their personal brand. 
I think a lot of people have the imposter syndrome where they feel that they don't deserve to be starting a company, running a business, growing a startup, or in a senior position at that company. At the end of the day, we are CEOs of our own brand. You know, understand that everybody has self-doubt and is critical of themselves and can question their abilities. But I always try to remind myself that no one else has more or less of a right to be doing exactly what I am doing. And so focus on your personal brand, take credit for your ideas, and most importantly, advocate for yourself and what you deserve because nobody else is going to do it for you. Fatima, if there's a, an idea that's been weaving through this podcast is you breaking through barrier after barrier. Well, I have one more to talk to you about. You're a woman of color. And with that comes biases. And it also comes the fact that you're competing in a very male dominated sector. What advice can you bring other female entrepreneurs or other people of color on how to overcome that? Just by being the best, you know, I think I'm in this industry and doing well, not because I am a woman or a woman of color. I'm here because I am qualified and I work extremely hard and I'm fearless. I don't want to be a part of some diversity quota that people are looking to fill. I want to be at the table because I am qualified and the best at what I do. Fatima, I started the podcast asking if destiny was a matter of choice, chance, or circumstance. And you have clearly embraced all three. By chance, you chose to move to Canada. And with it, your circumstances changed. But you had the will to break barriers and to find your own path. At a young age, you continue to prove that your destiny is a matter of choice, not chance. What kind of expert advice can we bring to help you continue on your incredible journey? The advice that I'm looking to seek is how to retain culture remotely as you scale, how to scale both the service and product side of our business, and how do we continue working smarter and not just harder? Fatima, we'll be uh, right back. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. I'm so proud for how RBC continues to step up for small business during these tough economic times. Go Canada United. They brought together every chamber of commerce in over 60 organizations with one intent to encourage Canadians to shop locally. Small business owners can now go to Go Canada United for an application for funds to help their business move forward. Speaking of moving forward, you can also go to a small business navigator portal that RBC's established, and it's packed with insights, information, and inspiration for small business owners to make the right moves going forward. Here's to RBC and to you, because small business matters. Fatima, this is a part of the podcast that I love. Three thought leaders that have taken your quest personally. And they come back to you with some insights and some ideas. First one I'm going to share with you is Elizabeth Hughes, who works for RBC in their technology and venture practice. Here's what Elizabeth has to say about Fatima and Quilt. I really loved the platform and the idea behind Quill. And I think more than ever, COVID has really heightened the importance of storytelling and changed the way a lot of consumers are consuming content. So, you know, if traditionally we used to listen to podcasts on our commute into work, for example, now that a majority of people might be working from home, I think there's a great opportunity for longer listening periods and people exploring new content, reaching out to podcasts, perhaps as a news source and not just entertainment or following celebrities that you're interested in. So I think this could be a great impetus for the clients that Fatima wants to serve to get into the business. Fatima has amazing 
ambition, but that requires capital. She hit a mm-hmm. real speed bump just before COVID when the financing she was after fell through, and now she's bootstrapped operation to keep it going. What advice can you give her to make sure she has the capital that her idea that you're so passionate about deserves? I think her approach of bootstrapping and also trying to find additional revenue streams is very smart. Bootstrapping certainly maybe has its challenges, but it also has a lot of advantages. And while it might seem that taking money from investors is the path to success, bootstrapping can help you build a really strong foundation to make you successful moving forward. Fatima, Elizabeth had some great words of encouragement, also some words of advice. What did you think? I think she had some really, really great insights. I in particular enjoyed the fact that she mentioned now that people aren't working from the offices, commute times will be longer. So there's an opportunity for longer format consumptions in the form of podcasts when whatever categories we're looking at, whether it be news, celebrities that we're following, influencer marketing, it really does open up a wide array of customers for us. Uh, The other thing I really actually appreciated was It's comforting to know that other experts agree with my method and strategy to bootstrap. I think we do a really great job at profiling companies that raise capital, but we don't nearly as much talk about companies that are self-funding. And bootstrapping means you can maintain control and scale your company on your own terms, even if it means you have to get really scrappy uh, and make less money than you might be used to, as Elizabeth mentioned. Fatima, my next expert is someone you know well. Bruce Croxon. Bruce was a part of our podcast in previous episodes. And when I reached out, he said, I'm a huge fan of Fatima. And here's what he has to say about your business. So I look at you as one of the great entrepreneurs and the fact that you've studied entrepreneurship. Are entrepreneurs made or are they born? (laughs) It's a great question. I believe that they are made, but I think they're made in the first 12 to 15 years of your life. Arguably the most formative time that goes into who you are fundamentally, I think happens in those years. I come from a school of thought that I believe it's very difficult for fundamental change to happen. Beyond that, you are who you are from a very young age. So I think they are made, but I think it's either in you or it's not. What do you think of Fatima and what do you think of her business quilt? I know enough about Fatima's background that it's an unusual route in that she's had to overcome some challenges in terms of upbringing, where she was born, expectations that went with that. And she has sort of rejected a more traditional way of doing things. In terms of her business, I think, as you well know, podcasts have had an incredible resurgence. So I think from a trend wise, she's bang on. It also means that there's a lot of people trying to do it, right? So which makes her model is essentially helping people cut through and put up something that is worthy of listening to. I think it's the right time to be doing what she's doing. So it's a crowded space. Lots of people are trying to get attention. It's really the oxygen of podcasting. Do you think her model is such that she can stand out and be different so that top podcasters in the world saying, I'm going to trust my story to her? I have a lot of faith in the service business model. and I'll tell you why. A, you get paid for learning and passing on your learning to your customers. 
B, it keeps you at the forefront of what's going on. And I think it's a great breeding ground to have products, things you can productize, fall out of it while you are being paid to be in the game and help people cut through. So I think a lot of my contemporaries in the private equity arena, I am a fan of the service model. I'm not always a fan of the margins and the fact that, you know, it's tough to leverage and grow quickly, but I'm a huge fan of being paid to learn on your route to hopefully a more sustainable or scalable business model. Interesting thing about when I listen to her, she's passionate about diversity, woman-led business. What advice can you bring someone like her who's got that magnetic personality to say in terms of focus? Combine that with the entrepreneur's dilemma. You know, when you are fundamentally an entrepreneur, you often find it very difficult to say no to the latest idea or trend. We see opportunity everywhere, and by nature, we're optimists. So one of my uh, old business partners had a saying, focus is choice. You need to develop a discipline. As much as what you say yes to, you have to develop a discipline as to what to say no to. So I would just advise her to take her personality and passion harness it and focus it on what she needs to get done over the next 18 months, which is to build up enough of a client base that she can survive and grow as a business as she waits for that inevitable productization that I think is in her future. And any final thoughts? Yes, Fatima, you're in the right place doing the right thing. As you grow, pay very close attention to the people that you bring into your organization. You've got a great opportunity while you're small, to directly influence what will be your future culture of that business. And the more it can reflect you, but also augment the things that you might not be as strong in, do that. Fatima, Bruce Croxon puts on a masterclass for any aspiring entrepreneur, and then he just focuses right in on you as an individual and your quest. What did you think? I mean, Bruce has been an incredible advisor for us. And here's what I really appreciated about what he said. A service model may not be as scalable as a product business, but the learning is invaluable. And, you know, we've been really lucky in that the service model can funnel revenue to our product side. And like he said, some of the best businesses have started off as a service model, they've you know figured out their internal pain points and then solved internal challenges based on what they've learned in the service industry. So Fatima, when we recorded this podcast, I broke all the rules and I didn't just make you the small business owner. I took advantage of your expertise and also got you to, to become an expert. Well, I did the same thing on the back end of the podcast for the first time ever, instead of just giving my parting thoughts. I was so deeply moved by your quest that I decided to put on the expert hat. Here's what I have to say about the one and only Fatima and her great business quill. Over my career, I built two internationally renowned ad agencies and a research firm. I battled multinationals, I survived a few recessions, and at times I had to downsize to survive. And through all of this, I made thousands of mistakes. And there's times when I felt like an imposter. I didn't have the pedigree or education of my competitors. And as a Montrealer moving to Toronto, I didn't have their network. But like you, I never stopped believing in myself or my ability to sell and to accept rejection as an opportunity to improve. 
So I have three pieces of advice for you. The first is, what is the desired outcome? And not for Quill or for yourself, but for the people that matter most to you, your clients, your employees, and investors. What happens to their lives when they entrust part of it to you? Clients are helping them shape their voice to improve it, to extend it, and to reach audiences they could never reach on their own. And employees, you're inviting them in on a quest to make history, to create long tail content that lives and breathes with all the nuances of great storytelling, the protagonists, their quest, the tensions against all odds, the discovery advice, to help your clients get the attention they need and deserve. Second thing I want to talk to you about is people in process. You're a positive force of energy, magnetic, that'll attract. You're like a great lead singer in a rock and roll band. And that's a good thing in a world where so many people and so many ideas are starving for attention. But what I've learned along the way is that clients are attracted to that type of personality, but ultimately they buy process. Clients want to know the how, not just the why. If I was you, I would sit down with every client and map out the desired outcome, personalize it, make it tangible. And then tell the client what the next 10 days and 30 days and a year will look like working together. And don't just charge a flat fee. Add a bonus for realizing those goals, for helping that client get to where they want to go. So they know that you too have skin in their game. And finally, you're on a magnificent quest. And I see so many doors beckoning for you to open. Woman-led business, diversity, a speaker. And on top of this and top of that, there's the individual who also wants to have her life personally enriched. And each one of those doors, is, they represent a wall of candy. They're enticing, they're sweet and exciting. But you can't do it all or have it all. So pick what matters most to you and don't make it financial. Find the areas where you're intellectually stimulated, where you're mostly rewarded. And when you do, with that lead singer persona, that big brain who also knows how to sell, money will find you. You have one life, and my prediction is a life where you'll put a big dent in the universe. Aw, Tony, thank you so much. That was such a lovely message. Tim, when I was your age, I had a mentor that said, you've got so much passion. There'll be so many paths and doors that'll be available to you. Find the ones that make your eyes shine, your heart beat, and the day in and day out you want to act upon. And I'm so excited to have met you on this podcast and to know that you're going to be one of those extraordinary people who thankfully have moved to Canada to put a dent in the universe. Thank you for joining me on Chatter That Matters. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I'm ever so grateful and appreciative to have mentors like yourself. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman, through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com.